I want to encourage you this morning. Um, this is the type of message that's loaded with lots of revelation. And I want to encourage you to listen to it over and over again. Because I believe it's a now word for us for this year. And the title of my message is The Technology of Favor. The Technology of Favor. Greetings to the people in Joburg. Greetings to all those who are watching this on live feed. May God bless you. And may God minister to you. Father, I thank you for the power of your word and the word of your power. And I thank you for what you want to ignite in us during 2019 and the years to come. Lord, I pray that this revelation will be imparted to your people and that nothing will be robbed. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right. The technology of favor. Some people ask me, Paul, what does technology mean? What does it speak of? When we hear you saying technology, we're thinking this, we're thinking that. What does it really speak of? Well, technology is the inner logic or the inner working of a system. It's a systematic treatment of something. And very often people will tell you about something, but they won't actually tell you the inner workings of it. How many of you know that there's an inner working of a microphone? Amen. If you look at the root words, it comes from techne, which is an art or a practice, and logia, right? Um, there's an inner working of a speaker. There's an inner working of intercession. There's an inner working of warfare. And when we teach these things, we must teach people the inner workings of something. Too many people talk about favor today, but they don't fully understand it. They, they sit passively just thinking, ah, God has just favored me and he hasn't favored those people, Right? Oh, he hasn't favored me and he's favored them. And it's almost this thing that God just sovereignly picks people and just says, Ooh, I'm going to favor you. And oh, I'm not going to favor you. Sorry. All right. I want to show you how to unlock divine favor. How many of you would like that? All right. I really believe it's a year of favor. And if we come to a place in God where we tap into an understanding of the technology of divine favor and how it works, we will walk in that favor. Amen. Because when I look around, I don't see everyone walking in favor. Do you? And people say, oh, no, 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 I'm a favored one because I'm a Christian. Yes, God wants to favor you, but are you walking in it? I believe you're going to be blessed this morning. You're going to get something this morning. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness so we've already been given that's in the past tense isn't it we've already been given by his divine power everything pertaining to life that's living and godliness that's walking in righteousness he's given it to us but how does he give it to us it says here, through the true knowledge of him who called us. So in other words, you walk in it to the degree to which you know it. You walk in it to the degree to which you, you know it. The Bible says, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. How many of you know that you've been given precious and magnificent promises by God? Amen? But we will only tap into them fully through knowledge. The truth you know will set you free. The truth you don't know won't set you free. Amen? 
Say to the person next to you, I need revelation. And then it says, so that by them, by what? By those precious and magnificent promises. So that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. You may become partakers of the divine nature. What does it mean to be a partaker of the divine nature? The same favor that Jesus experienced from the Father God, you will also walk in. You'll partake of that. Are you following this morning? You will partake of that. Jesus was favored by God, wasn't he? Father God basically said when Jesus was being baptized, Father God said something so powerful. He says, this is my beloved son. In other words, my son whom I love, right? With whom I'm well pleased. I find pleasure in him. How many of you know that there's a link between finding pleasure in someone and that person having your favor, that person being a favored one. So you become a partaker of whatever Jesus has. Remember when Jesus was, was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, and what did he say? He just says, Father, I thank you that you've already heard me. I'm only praying like this for the sake of these people who are listening. I'm talking about answered prayers. Were any of Jesus' Jesus's prayers unanswered? Hello? Were any of Jesus' prayers unanswered? Right, I'm talking about that type of favor. All right? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 says, Even though we speak like this, beloved, we are convinced of better things in your case that accompany salvation. This is so powerful, folks. Hebrews chapter 6 verse, verse 9. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 9 in the Berean Study Bible. Even though we speak like this, beloved, we are convinced of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. How many of you know that there are things that accompany salvation? Salvation comes with things. Some people think, oh, I'm saved, therefore I'm now going to heaven. And that's what they limit their salvation to. But here I see something else. In the Berean Study Bible, it says things that accompany salvation. In the NIV, it says things that have to do with salvation. They're things that have to do with salvation. In the NLT, it says things that come with salvation. My question to you this morning is, do you know what those things are? Because once you know those things and know how to unlock them, you will walk in favor. Amen? Some of you, you know who you are. Well, you know you're not walking in favor. You're not walking in favor. I'm going to show you this morning how to unlock divine favor. Recently, a well-known prophet said to a particular businessman, your business is failing because there's no favor on it. God's favor is not on your business. That's why it's failing. How many of you know that favor is a necessity? Favor is the thing that will cause you to survive even when the economy is going down. I need God's favor in my life. There are things you can accomplish without favor. There are things you can accomplish without favor. Normal things, things that make you a mediocre person. But how many of you know that in order to overcome persecution, economic, economic difficulties, you need the favor of God on your life? Businesses are failing today because there's no favor. My job is to find out what thing has God touched in my life where I can see his hand of favor on those things. Then I pursue those things and I prosper. Amen? Often my wife and I will say to people, go where the life is. What are we really saying? Do the things that you know have got, got God's hand of favor upon them. Amen? 
Churches, churches close down because there's no favor. Especially favor with men. <laughs> you can have favor with God and favor with men. I'm going to unpack that. All right? For you. I like what um, a, a well-known preacher said. We must dream so big that without the support that comes through favor with God and man, we could never accomplish what is in our hearts. We must dream so big that without the support that comes through favor with God and man, we could never accomplish what is in our hearts. That is powerful. Amen? That is extremely powerful. So let's define favor. What is favor speaking of? According to Baker's Evangelical Dictionary, finding favor means gaining approval, acceptance, or special benefits or blessings. You know when people say, I was bumped up. I paid for economy class, but I was bumped up to business class. You hear people saying that, right? That's a picture of favor. You're getting more than you paid for. Amen? Some of you who are married, you know what I'm talking about. You look at your spouse, you look at your wife, or you look at your husband, and you're thinking, oh, I'm getting more than I. Okay, some of you paid. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, I was favored, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, eh? Okay. I hope none of you are thinking, oh, I got a raw deal here. Okay. There is also a close association amongst these words, favor, grace, and mercy. And they, they sometimes used to translate the same Hebrew and Greek words, such as hen and charis. All right? There's a dictionary definition of favor that I want to share with you. Approval, support, or liking for someone or something. How many of you are fond of certain people? You've got a soft spot for certain people. Amen? Right? It's that. So sometimes someone will say, training is looked upon with favor by many employers. In other words, when they see you're well-trained, there's favor. They take notice of you, right? Good writing skills, though those are looked upon with good favor, right? In such and such a law firm, right? The moment they see you've got that skill, oh, they tend to like you. Going to such and such a school is looked upon with favor, from that particular university. They like people who've come from that particular school. She looked on him with favor. It's also an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. How many of you have experienced favor this last week? Where someone shows you an act of kindness beyond what is due. So the story my wife shared during the offering message, that person could have charged us for all those clothes, right? All those uniforms. But what happened? She looked upon us with favor. And she says, no, I've been so blessed. This and this has happened in my life and so on. Why should I charge you guys and try and make a quick buck? Let me just give it to you. Amen? She looked upon us with favor. Right? I've come to ask you a favor. Some of the synonyms of this word favor. A good turn. Service. A kind act. A good deed. An act of kindness. Courtesy, indulgence, when someone goes overboard. Do you ever have it when someone tries to sell you something and you say, how much does it cost? And then they say, I usually charge this, but for you. You know those sales, sales people? Yeah, no, but my brother, but for you, I can give you for 
Yeah, but for you, because you're a regular customer, <laughs> right? That's favor, or so we think. <laughs> All right? Um, I was reading an article in Charisma magazine um, on this, and um, this, this writer said the following. The Greek word for favor, charis, almost everywhere in the New Testament, this word is translated grace. Grace and favor is essentially a gift. If we gain favor with people, or as we might say, get into their good graces or good books, we have special access to them, don't we? And we receive something from them. Every believer receives this favor from God. But we don't all recognize the additional dimensions of the charis we receive. We don't all recognize the different dimensions of favor that we've received from God. God's grace is also his operational power. This is Bill Johnson who, who wrote this. God's grace is also his operational power. Right? It's power to do stuff. Like I'm graced to do X. You are graced to do Y. It's powerful when you do what you are graced to do, isn't it? Okay? It's the force of his nature. He gives us this grace to empower us to become like Christ. The issue of growing in favor is an issue of stewardship. The real question is, what have I done with the favor God has given to me? That divine power he's given you to do stuff. What have you done with it thus far? Because when you are faithful with the power, the anointing, the grace that he has given to you, that he's granted you, guess what he ends up doing? He gives you more. That's why you see the trajectory of some people's lives. They're here today, and in six months, whew, they're up there, right? And then you see the trajectory in some people's lives, of some people's lives, where they're here today, and what happens in six months? They sink lower. They haven't been a faithful steward of the favor that they've already received. Amen. All right? So I want to share with you some principles around this. The first one is, we're talking about the technology of favor. It's important to understand that it's in God's nature to grant favor. It's in his nature. You don't have to twist his arm. Look at this. Psalm 84 verse 11. Book of Psalms 84 verse 11. Are we going to get the, the overheads up? We're going to get them through from Justin or how's it going to work? All right. Psalm 84 verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. What does he do? He bestows favor and honor. So it's one of the things he does and he does it regularly, right? No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing does he withhold from who? From those who walk uprightly. God is a good God. Say to the person next to you, God is a good God. My wife will be preaching a message uh, beginning of March on the goodness of God. It's such a powerful revelation to have that God is a good God. And that he withholds no good things for those who walk uprightly. So if you're walking uprightly and you're praying for good things, the Bible shows us that the nature of God is he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. How many single men are here? Single men who want to get married one day. Single men who want to get married. Okay? Jordan's mom, the other Jordan's mom is trying to put his hand down. She doesn't want him to get married. Let go, Kathy. Let go. Okay? All right? 
So here's the thing. The Bible tells me that he who finds a wife has found a good thing. Where are the single men in this room who want to get married? All right? One day, yes. Okay, I'm seeing hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. Chile, I see your son there. Probably marry some beautiful Australian lady, yes? Just get ready for it. All right? But here's the point. Here's the point. You can pray. You can say, Lord, I'm living uprightly. Your word tells me that you withhold no good thing. And you've said in your word that he who gets a wife has got a good thing. Amen? Don't know why it doesn't say that about husband, but anyway. Yeah, we'll have to try and find that scripture somewhere. Ne? There's no, it doesn't talk about the Proverbs 31 man. It just talks about Proverbs 31 woman. What's wrong with us, guys? Okay. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, we know the scripture. It says, for I know the plans I have for you. What's the plan? To plan is to prepare the details beforehand. To prepare what? To prepare the details beforehand. So God is saying, I've already prepared the details beforehand, the details of our life, our lives. Now, what does he say? He says, plans for welfare and not for evil. Another word there that's used is plans for a future, for you to prosper. A plan is to prepare the details. So God has already prepared the details of your prosperity. He's already prepared the details of your welfare beforehand. So when you are praying and then you see your experiences not lining up to that, don't say to yourself, ah, oh, yeah, so it's God who's done it. I mean, if you know that there's a devil on the loose and it's up to you to engage in warfare so that your life measures up with God's nature. Is someone getting this this morning? Say to the person next to you, I'm a favored one. I am a favored one. To give you a future and a hope. I just love the fact that the word plan is used there. Because there's detail there. Matthew 7 verse 11 says, If you then who are evil. I love Jesus' honesty. Hey, you guys, you know what? You guys, you know, you're evil, right? Okay, cool, we're not debating that one, right? Few guys who are all evil, right? Uh, but you do all sorts of good stuff for your kids. Have you noticed that? Evil people do good stuff for their kids. You see these guys who are leading these big cartels. I remember speaking to a guy who used to be a criminal, and he stopped. He says, Paul, I used to be a gangster. And I said, why did you stop? And one of the reasons he said is, I stopped when I started having kids. I didn't want them to grow up seeing their dad doing that. Imagine a situation where you're, you're a gangster, your kids come home, and you're giving them birthday presents, and they're like, Dad, where did you get that? I don't want it. Okay? So Jesus here says, you guys, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who's in heaven, in other words, a perfect Father, give good things to those who ask Him? Is sickness a good thing? No, it's not. So don't... Don't attribute that. Don't attribute that to God. Genesis 50 verse 20. This is such a powerful scripture. This is the time when Joseph is in a situation where he meets up his brothers again. Joseph is now super duper successful. Meets up his brothers again. He could have been bitter. But you know what stopped him from being bitter? He understood that God is the God who's favored me. Watch this. He says, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. 
So even the bad stuff that happens to us, when we have a revelation that God's, one of his main purposes in our lives is to declare favor over us. And I'm going to show you the scripture just now. To declare favor. He's a good God. It's in his nature. Even in the midst of darkness, trials, tribulations, you'll see the goodness of God. Some of you have been wounded by life. Some of you, the enemy has done all sorts of horrible things to you. Can you see God's goodness in it? And can you expect it? You see, for many people, their minds have been programmed to more readily receive and expect failure than success. You know what I'm talking about. Your life was so good end of last year, so you're not expecting anything great beginning of this year because you're like, ah, no, life doesn't work like that. What's the catch? For some of you who want to get married, you meet a person who's really awesome, great, strong Christian, but because your mindset is not centered around the goodness of God, you're like, what's the catch? This guy has got too many nice lyrics. He's too nice. Mm, I don't trust nice guys. And then you do what we call the tyranny of the familiar, where you go back to the dubious characters because you're more comfortable with mediocrity than greatness and goodness. Amen? Our mindset has to change where we are readily expecting God's goodness, God's favor. You know, Joseph had such a revelation of God's goodness and favor over his life. And that's why he could forgive. That's why he could forgive. Okay. Next, releasing favor is part of Jesus' mission. Some of you might think, no, Jesus' mission is to bring salvation and then, and then to heal the sick and to do all those spiritual things. But eh, it's a nice to have if I walk in divine favor. There's a quota system for divine favor. There's no quota system. Isn't that wonderful? You know, when people give out scholarships and bursaries and so on, there's a quota system, right? You're like, yeah, I hope I get it. And then when you're selected, you feel so favored because you're like, I was one out of 50 people who got it. You know, there were just the 50 of us only, right? 50 of us out of 20,000 that applied. You know what? God has got enough favor to go around. Just because brother so-and-so has got a success, successful business and they're in your cell group, in your small group, doesn't mean you also can't have one. Amen. All right? Releasing favor is part of Jesus' mission. And why do I speak in present tense? Why am I saying is part of his mission? Because it's something he's still doing. Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 2. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Upon you to do what? Because the Lord has anointed me to... And then he mentions a number of things. To bring good news to the poor. To bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Now we receive that, don't we? We're like, ah, no, yeah, Jesus, yeah, he cast out demons. Ah, he did this, he did this. But we miss out this part. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is one of the things Jesus is anointed to do. Isn't that powerful? To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let me tell you something. Yes, there was the jubilee and so on. If you read the context of that, etc. But I'm telling you right now, we live in jubilee. We live in divine favor. It's something you can walk in for the rest of your life. His favor over you is not seasonal. I'm going to show you in scripture. Some of you think, ah, there is a season of God's goodness and God's favor. Now what is 29 bringing? For bringing? Doesn't work like that. I'm going to show you. God's favor over you is lifelong. You just need to know how to unlock it. The next thing I want to say is that his favor has already been granted. This is something that's already happened. It's not something you have to look for. It's something that you have to receive. I mean, if you have been given presents 
over Christmas, but you haven't yet opened them? How many of you had birthdays in December or January? Maybe you got vouchers, but you haven't yet used them. That's like someone who's received the favor of God, but is not yet walking in it. Amen? He's given it to you, but you have not yet experienced the benefits. I'm one of those people, if I get a voucher for a birthday present or for Christmas or something, the next day you see me there. Hey! With some people, they can wait for months. Yeah, I still need to see. Yeah, I still need to see. Is there favor that God has granted you, but you're not yet walking in it? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you this morning. This is so freeing. It's so powerful. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. How many of you are in Christ? Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It doesn't say who will one day bless us when we're in heaven. Who has blessed us in Christ. It's a reality. Some people are walking in it, others aren't. This is progressive revelation. If you want to walk in favor, you can get so much just out of that scripture. You know, there might be money that is given to you for a school student scholarship. How many of you have ever received a bursary? Scholarship, bursary. Hey, all the brainy people. CPUA, PhD. All right? But there were conditions to that bursary, wasn't there? Sometimes you, you would be told, for your whole degree, you've got this scholarship. But what would happen? It was pending on you, passing each year. Amen? They'd granted it to you, but there were certain qualifications. God's favor works a bit like that. You are freely given a particular thing, but there are certain conditions. People don't like to talk about the conditions. Because they think, ah, no, then now it's merited. That, no, 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 that means I need to work for it. Let me tell you something. If you don't need to unlock it, then why isn't everyone walking in that favor? Are you following this morning? Now you can sit back and say, I know, Paul, I'll just wait for God's favor to function in my life. Or you can listen to what I'll be telling you this morning to say, I want to see what these keys are so that I walk in it according to the word of God. Okay? Next one I want to share with you is we can have favor with both God and man. You hear that often, right? Favor with both God and man. And the mistake we often make is we think that favor with God alone is enough. But I want to show you something in scripture. Luke 2, Luke and Luke, Luke 2 verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. It's great to be wise, right? It's great to grow in stature. We're concerned if our kids don't grow, right? But then what does it add? It says, and in favor with God and man. So Jesus had favor with both God and man. I remember speaking to someone working in a particular organization. They said to me recently, they said, Paul, you know what the problem is? I don't feel like I've got favor in my workplace right now. How many of you have felt that before? Well, you don't feel you've got favor with your bosses. Jesus had favor with God and man. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature. Sounds just like Jesus, right? And in favor with the Lord and with people. 
Elsewhere it talks about how Samuel was, it says, Samuel was established as a prophet and recognized in all of Israel. Amen? He had favor with God and favor with, with man. How many of you that when you've got favor with men, your sales will grow? Some of you can't sell your product because you're not experiencing favor with men. When you've got favor with men, everyone is talking about the thing that you sell. I mean, if you know that to succeed in life today over your competitors, sometimes you can tap into the supernatural favor of God. Amen. Someone is getting it. Acts chapter 2, verse 43 to 47. This is so powerful. The early church experienced favor with God and favor with man. It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many signs, the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. How do you that to perform signs and wonders, you have to experience the favor of God? It's God's favor that allows that to happen. Amen? And there's a link between his spirit and walking in divine favor. That's why Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Upon him to do what? To declare the year of the Lord's favor. There's a link between favor and the spirit of God. Right? So they're filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. But if you go down to verse 47, it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The early church was enjoying the favor of all the people. When you enjoy favor with people, you find yourself just going to places saying, we'd like this land, can we have this land? And there are other people who are offering more money for that land, but you're enjoying the favor of the people and they say, cool, you can have this land to build your church. Is someone catching this this morning? All right? It's when you're given things, but you don't seem to have all the qualifications. Other people seem to be more qualified than you. But the people say, I like this guy. I like him. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Right? And we'll give it to you at a lower fee. I mean, if you want to tap into favor this morning. Okay? Next thing I want to share with you is that we can seek God's favor actively. Walking in divine favor is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. And we can seek God's favor actively. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 4, Then Jehoaz sought the favor of the Lord, and the Lord listened to him. Can you see that? And the Lord listened to him, for he saw how severely the king of Aram was oppressing Israel. Favor is something you can seek. That's why sometimes you'll say to someone, hey, can I ask you to do me a favor? Right? Favor is something you can seek. You can cry out to God. You can say, this is happening all around me, but may it not touch me. You're seeking God's favor. Something that was going to touch you. Something that was supposed to touch your whole family, but it doesn't touch you. You're tapping into the favor of the Lord. Amen? How many of you know that the children of Israel, when all those plagues were taking place in Egypt, it was God's favor that rescued them, wasn't it? But they had to do something. They had to put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts, didn't they? If they didn't do that, they couldn't just say, Oh no, why are we now dying? But I thought I was a Jew, but now I'm dying. They had to follow the instructions. Put this blood on your doorpost, and when that angel of death passes by, it will pass you by, pass over. Amen? What are the things God is telling you to do? What are the things God is telling you to do in order to unlock favor over yourself? I'm going to share those with you this morning. Okay? So there are things that unlock favor. 
Okay? You can, you can seek God for favor. Look at, look at this. Psalm 106 verse 4. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. There are times when God will release his favor. You know, there are prophetic words that go out at the start of a year. I remember a friend of ours sending something to a group of friends. And she was saying, yeah, God is going to do this this year. I'm just sensing this. And it was the type of word I could have just thought, I don't have that issue, so it's not a problem for me. But I said to myself, I want this to be my portion. Amen. I want this to be my portion. And this is just like this prayer. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Lord, when, so, when Jordan comes up and he's having this word decreed, Jordan Band is having this word decreed over him. Lord, remember me too when you show him favor. Because I also need funding for my business. Are you hearing me? That's why sometimes when we prophesy at Ignite, we'll decree things, we'll declare things. And then what do we say afterwards? We say, you know what, guys, some of you who are here, this word could also apply for you. It could also apply to you. Why don't you just also catch it? And that's exactly what's happening here. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them. But aren't you part of his people? Isn't it automatic? He prayed about it. Amen? He prayed about it. There are things that unlock God's favor. In the book of Psalms, chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Isn't that wonderful? I'm surrounded with favor like a shield. What does a shield do? It protects. But it doesn't just say you do that with everyone. It says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Say to the person next to you, favor surrounds me. Favor is multidimensional. It's multidimensional. Hmm. This is, this is so juicy. Some of you will go through this again and you'll go deep into these scriptures. Some of you might just listen now and think, okay, yes, I'm inspired. I want to encourage you. You can get as much as you want from these scriptures. Amen. Genesis 6 verse 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You know, we think of Noah and the ark and so on, and, you know, we share the stories, our kids know them and so on. But you know why he was saved? Favor. But you know that God wasn't just randomly thinking like, oh, I like your name, Noah. It's a nice, easy name to say, Noah. Uh, it's, it sounds like a negative name, Noah. So let me put positive into your life. Okay, ah, I'm now rescuing you. People used to diss you about your name, Noah. I'm now rescuing you. No, it wasn't a random thing. Watch this. It says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. But in Genesis 7 verse 1, it says, go into the ark, you and all your household. So the favor on you will affect your household. Amen. Watch this. For I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. God saw something in Noah. And he says, this is the person who's found favor with me. Let me just share with you something about favor. One of the ways to unlock it is to stand out in your generation. You see, it doesn't just say, oh, Noah, you were perfect. When it says someone was righteous, it doesn't mean they were perfect. We know Noah had issues, right? The issues are spoken of a bit later. It doesn't just say that. 
But he says, you stood out in your generation. I want to encourage you, live a lifestyle that stands out. When everyone else is going one way, when people are sleeping around, fornicating, getting drunk, when people are cheating, stealing, bribing, do you know how you short-circuit the favor of God? One of the key, quickest ways of short-circuiting the favor of God is doing what everyone else is doing in terms of your moral fiber. One of the quickest ways of short-circuiting the favor of God is when everyone else is bribing, you also bribe, and then you're busy there praying, saying, Lord, give me breakthrough, give me breakthrough. Noah found favor with God. Why? It says that I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. In other words, you haven't been corrupted by the wickedness of the generation. Amen? Where is God saying to you in your life, come out from among them? Walk in holiness. Do things differently. Watch the favor of God. Favor of God is there, unmerited favor. But many people aren't tapping into it. I'm showing you this morning how to tap into it. Amen. Okay. Psalms 31 verse 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you. That you bestow in the sight of all. On those who take refuge in you. Can you see the qualifications? Take refuge in God. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 3 verse 1 to 4. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse 4. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and the sight of man. Can you see that there are keys to unlocking favor? 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit what? A blessing. That is such a powerful statement there. In other words, when someone does you wrong and in return you do good, you know what it does? You inherit a blessing. I don't know about you, but I need to inherit blessings. I need blessings in my life. This is exactly what the scripture is saying. It's saying, do this so that you will inherit blessing. But each time we take revenge, each time we stoop down to someone else's level and we give just as good as we got, what happens? You're short-circuiting the favor of God in your life. Then I want to say something else. God's favor can be lifelong and not seasonal. Don't limit God's favor to your past. Don't limit God's favor to seasons. Don't just get into a seasonal thing and say, oh, it was just a season of God's goodness. God's nature toward you doesn't change. There's certain things in your life that are seasonal. There are many things that are not. Psalm 30 verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen? God's discipline is brief compared to his favor. Some of you are going through times of discipline in your life, but I want you to know that God's discipline is brief compared to his favor. 
Psalms 23 verse 6 says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me for the next 10 years. Surely your goodness and love will follow me for the next three months. Surely your goodness and love will follow me for 2019. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not going to limit his goodness and his favor to a season. I want to experience it all the days of my life. Amen. So what does favor look like? I want to share with you some signs of favor. I mean, if you'd like that. What I know, like, what does favor actually look like? How do you know that, oh, God's hand of favor is on Raquel's life? How we can see it? God's hand of favor is on, um, is, is on Sipo's life. We can see it. How do we know what it looks like? Number one, your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. Say to the person next to you, my words are powerful. I want to show you in scripture now. Remember we spoke about how Samuel had favor with both God and man? Do you know one of the things scripture says? None of his words fell to the ground. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19 to 20, it says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. So whose doing was it? It was God's. He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In prophetic language, you know what that means? Everything that Samuel said would happen, happened. His words stuck. They weren't like a vapor. You know when the word of God says that my word will not return void? That's the same thing. But it will accomplish that for which I've sent it. When you walk in divine favor, things that you decree, they happen. Amen? Things that you announce, they take place. So we must be careful what we release from our mouths, right? And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. You know, there's some people who say, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, but no one recognizes them. That means they're not experiencing favor with man. <laughs> Amen. In the book of Revelation, Chapter 3, verse 7, we see this with Jesus. It says, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. When you walk in divine favor, your words are so powerful that because you've decreed it, it remains as such. Because you've announced it, it cannot be reversed. Do you remember the law of the Medes and the Persians where it says that it could, could not be revoked? Once the king has released it, that, hey, if you guys don't do this, you will die and you can't change it. There's no flexibility. Your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. We also see this in Luke 4 verse 32. We see this concerning Jesus. It says they were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. In Matthew 7 verse 29, it says, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. When you're walking in God's favor, he takes your words. He mixes your words with his spirit 
and people are hooked. Amen? They're glued. I've seen it in my life. I find myself going, sometimes I'll be just doing a corporate talk, not even preaching, doing a corporate talk. And I'm like, what's the CFO of this big bank doing, sitting, listening to me? She doesn't have to be there, but she's there and she's glued and she's listening and she's engaged. Okay? Because God can take your simple words and he adds his super to your natural. Amen? And people just want, to, they're itching to hear more, itching to hear more. Right? May that be your portion. We see this with Stephen. In Acts chapter 6, verse 10, it says, None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. There's a wisdom with which you'll speak, but there's also a spirit that people can't resist. May your words this year be filled with wisdom and with spirit, God's spirit. People won't resist you. They'll say, ah, but what you've said, you know what? When I think about it, I've heard it before, but somehow it was different when you said it. I mean, if you have had people say that to you, it seems so simple, but somehow this time round it's landed and my life has changed as a result. May that be your portion this year. The second sign of favor, you break through beyond your natural qualifications. You break through beyond your natural qualifications. I'm not saying don't study because God rewards diligence. And I'm not saying do things illegally. Like, ah, no, yeah, the pastor said that we can do things beyond our qualifications. Guys, I've set up here. I've set up. I'm now set up. I'm, I'm a brain surgeon. Yeah, just come, just come. I've got my screwdrivers. I'm not talking about that. Amen? Uh, God doesn't reward laziness. Right? You break through beyond your natural qualifications. Acts 4 verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that... They were unschooled, ordinary men. These are the same guys that were said, oh, these people have turned the world upside down. But they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Say to the person next to you, Jesus is enough. You see, because I've been with Jesus, I can walk in divine favor beyond my qualifications. Have I studied? Yes, I have. Have I been diligent with my studying? Yes, I have. But guess what? The grace on my life is beyond what I have studied. Amen? You might be a doctor, but the grace on your life is much greater than what you've studied. God adds a super to your natural. In Luke 10 verse 21, Jesus had just sent out the disciples, hadn't he? Right? And he was so excited when they came back. They were saying, hey, we're casting out demons. We're doing all these amazing things. It says, at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Favor, this is a powerful point, favor is attracted to brokenness and childlikeness. Favor is attracted to brokenness and childlikeness. Even if you've studied so many things and done so many degrees, remain a child. Amen? Remain a child because you'll find that God's favor is drawn to that. Here's the principle, and the Lord shared this with me. He says, if my identity is in my qualifications and in my profession, I'm short-circuiting the favor of God. Because you see, God's favor is in the fact that I'm in Christ Jesus. 
Is everyone following? Because I'm in Christ Jesus, I walk in that divine favor. But if I now have my identity, my primary identity being in, I've studied this and I've studied that and I'm so clued up in this, I'm short-circuiting the favor of God. What's your primary identity this morning? Deuteronomy 20 verse 1 says this. This is such a powerful scripture. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. When you go to that rate, my wife learned this as she does triathlon and those kinds of things. Because back in the day when she had an ordinary bike, before she got her fancy one, um, when she had an ordinary bike, she'd go and she'd see these guys. You know those guys who were like, wear almost sci-fi, those sci-fi helmets and those like, you know, 150,000 rand bikes and, and, you, you know, and it can be intimidating. But you know what the Bible says? <laughs> the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy, you your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours do not be afraid of them because the lord your god who brought you up out of egypt will be with you amen some of you are in that situation where you're like a david in terms of your organization tiny organization and you're competing in whatever tender it is against these goliaths but you will get the tender because you're trusting in god not looking at the horses and chariots. Were you there and you're about to present your, your uh, proposal and it's just you who's there and you see these guys coming, the black suit brigade, you know, five of them like this, power dressed, you know, having their international MD from the UK around. Do not look at the horses and the chariots. I am with you. That's where the favor is. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Amen. They're driving up to that, you know, client in their Lamborghinis and their fancy vehicles. And you're there. You're just getting out of your, that taxi. You don't want to, them to see you getting out of a taxi, you know. And then you pitch up, you know. And you're wearing that one smart suit you've got. The one that you wore yesterday and the day before. But they don't know. Amen. He is with you. That's so much more, so much better. His favor is so much more and so much better than the other stuff. You'll compete against the big guns and win because of God's favor. The third sign of favor, your prayers are answered. Exodus 33 verse 17. How many of you know that there are people around where their prayers just always get answered? When they pray, stuff happens. And their prayers are answered quickly. And the Lord said, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight. This very thing you have said, I will do. Why? Why are you answering my prayer, Lord? For you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. I would rather have favor with God than, than be popular with everyone. Amen. The fourth sign, you experience supernatural protection. In Psalm 5 verse 12, it says, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. If you read verse 11, it's actually talking about protection. You surround them with favor as with a shield. 
you know what that's talking about? There are fiery darts coming. Other people are being nailed by those fiery darts, being hit. But because you've got the shield of God's favor over your life, there are things that are happening to other people that never happened to you. You are being bypassed. You're wondering, how come it's only me who survived this? And some of you feel bad when it happens, don't you? Especially those of you who are very strong on empathy. But, but how come they were all shouted at, but not me? But how come they're all getting in trouble, but not me? The favor of the Lord. The favor of God. Supernatural protection. The fifth sign of favor. The work you do is established. Ever have it where people say everything, everything Tendai touches turns to gold? Anyone called Tendai can just receive that. Whether you are Manyumwa, Mekulu, whether you are a ten, a Tendai as in wife of Lanston, any Tendai is here. Tendai as in Tendai Nyamuda, which is my third name, people who don't know. I grew up being called Tendai. I'm also Tendai. It'd be so confusing if I was using the name, the word Tendai in this place. Huh? Any Tendai's can just catch that. Anyway, anyone can catch that, by the way. All right? Your, the work you do is established. In Psalm 90, verse 17, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. There's a link in Scripture. If you study Scripture around favor, you often see it linked with God establishing your work. Yes, establish the work of our hands. That's why some businesses are failing because God's favor is not upon them. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. Oh, okay. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. One of the signs of God's blessing and favor over you is you abounding in good work. You see, favor is not just, oh, I received this. Oh, I got that. It's me abounding and me being fruitful and effective in the work I do. Everyone see that? Okay. The sixth sign of favor. This is a cool one. You get a wife. I'm just systematic. I'm doing a systematic treatment of favor in scripture. You get a wife. Proverbs 18 verse 22 says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives what? Favor from the Lord. So I don't know why guys cheat on their wives I don't know why guys abandon their wives. They're robbing themselves of favor. And that's why the pattern we've actually seen is that a lot of people who are prospering, what happens? When they start getting a second and third wife and start doing other dodgy stuff on the sides, it actually affects the favor on their lives. As long as I've got my wife who's a good thing, with that package comes what? Favor. Now, now, a lot of the men should be rejoicing, saying, cool, cool, cool. Now, the fact that some of the men have got serious faces and are looking sad. Please, guys, don't give yourselves away. Hey? It's like some of the men have got worried faces, like, eh, so have I lost God's favor? Eh, this is serious. <laughs> Otherwise, now I have to go around and start interviewing people, saying, dude, what's happening? All right? So you get a wife. A wife comes with favor. 
And those of you who aren't married, I'm talking about the guys, get thee a wife. Unless you've got the gift of celibacy. But I know some of you, you don't. Trust me, you don't. Do you know the gift of celibacy? Where you've got no desire in that other department. And at the moment, I haven't met any go guy with that. Yeah. Yes. Get married. Now, I'm being serious. The Bible says it's better to get married than to burn with passion. Organize yourself, organize your life. If you have to save up, get married. Instead of just going from girl to girl. Some people are doing door-to-door evangelism. You're doing girl-to-girl. Some buses are doing city-to-city. You're doing girl-to-girl. Okay. Seventh sign. Seventh sign of favor. You experience supernatural strength. Psalm 89 verse 17. By your favor, you make us strong. By your favor, you make us strong. Where people will say, how do you manage to do all the stuff that you do and still survive and are still a nice person? By your favor, you make us strong. Number eight. Sign number eight of favor. Officials waver their policies. Officials waver their policies. This is so powerful. In Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 36, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons, the prison's foundation was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open. Now, what is the jailer's responsibility? To keep them in jail, right? Now, watch what he does. It says, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. Verse 29, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. This is the guy who was supposed to keep them locked up. In those movies that you watch, these are the guys who will now take, you know, all sorts of weapons and start chasing you. Now this guy comes trembling and he kneels down before Paul and Silas. Officials will waver their policies. He's not supposed to do that, right? Now watch this. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? (laughs) This has happened to me. I remember coaching a senior official in a government-related organization. I was having a coaching session with him. And during the session, he says, but Paul, you know what? I don't want just um, input for myself as a leader. I also need spiritual input from you. And I said to him, are you saved? Have you given your life to Jesus? No, 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 I haven't. He gives his life to Jesus. I give him a particular spiritual book and so on. Months later, he contacts me saying, that book changed my life. Okay? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. The guy who is supposed to be keeping you in jail is now washing your wounds. And 
He was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. That's favor. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrate sent the police saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Officials will waver their policies. They might have a policy saying, we don't let foreigners do A, B, C, D, but somehow you'll find yourself going through. They might have policies saying, no, this job, uh, it's only for women, for black females only. But you're a white male and you find yourself getting that job. Oh, Sean Anderson, you the old, I think you, yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Amen. Number nine, the ninth sign. You make quantum leaps in promotion and wealth. You know how life has arrived at in stages. But my friends, when you are walking in divine favor, you quantum leap. Where you've been toiling for years and all of a sudden you're in a different realm. There was a particular lady in a particular bank. I was coaching her and she basically was a bit upset because she was applying for a particular job. She really wanted it. It was going to be a promotion. And then one of her colleagues ended up getting it. And she says, Paul, I won't be able to report to this guy. Paul, this guy doesn't even attend a lot of our meetings. Paul, this guy, I have to teach him stuff. So, after, so I said to her, you know what? Let me just declare. I made a decree over her and I said, I'm seeing quantum leaps. I'm seeing multiple promotions. You're going to skip levels. That's what I said to her. But remain with a good attitude. You know, sometimes when we fight battles that aren't ours to fight and we don't leave it to God, we short circuit his favor. So, so after some time, she moved from that area because she couldn't report to this other person, right? She moved from that area, um, a lateral move into another department in that particular bank. And while she was there, it was just the same level. But she says, I kind of feel it's the same thing. You know what happened within months? The group CEO of that particular organization said, can we have tea? And she was promoted to be the CEO of one of the divisions of one of the major banks in this country. This is someone who had been sort of like middle to senior management, eh? senior manager sort of role, right? Not having many people reporting to her, having a small team. She quantum, leap, quantum leaped to CEO level. That's God's favor. Amen? You know what the Bible says? It says, believe in his prophets and you will prosper. Take prophetic words seriously. It's not a joke. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, look what happened to Esther. From being this village girl, quantum leapt. Queen. Esther chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favor. Amen? She pleased him and won his favor. 
Sometimes to get to the top, you need favor with certain people who will connect you with the person at the top. What about Joseph's promotion? Joseph's promotion. In Genesis 41, verse 37 to 46, Joseph shares the dream, the interpretation of the dream, right? With Pharaoh. And then he says, you know what, Pharaoh, you need to get a clued up person to lead this whole process. Now watch this. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. Was Pharaoh a God follower? But he recognized that the spirit of God is something so powerful. I need someone with that spirit of God. Right? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. That's your portion. You shall be in charge of my palace. And all my people are to submit to your orders. And it goes on and on and on. He's given the signet ring, etc. Right? He was only under Pharaoh. No one else was above him. Why? He was gifted. He used his gift. He had suffered much. Boom. Quantum leap. What about Daniel? In Daniel 1, verse 19 to 21. And the king spoke with them. And among all the young men, he found no one equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. One of the signs of favor is that people will be bypassed, other people will be bypassed, and great people will come to you saying, can you give us advice? Can you tell us what we should do? Can you show us what the next steps are? That's what will happen. And you'll be quantum leapt. Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 to 48. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell face downward and paid respect to Daniel as a great prophet of the highest God and gave orders for an offering and fragrant incense to be presented to him in honor of his God. The king answered Daniel and said, Most certainly, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. So God got the glory, right? Since you've been able to reveal this mystery, then what happened? Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts. Promotion, wealth, because of God's favor. Can you see that? The king promoted Daniel and did what? Gave him many great gifts. Promotion, Wealth, favor. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 5. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall do what? Shall come to you. It can happen just like that. Do you believe it? Are you expecting it? Amen. Sometimes the way God will show you wealth is by giving you freebies. You find yourself just getting free ticket for this, free ticket for that. Things you didn't pursue, but things that other people have to pay for. I mean, if that relationships are a currency. Because you know this person who knows that person, all of a sudden you just get access. And you're like, huh? That seemed so easy. Your influence is multiplied in regions because of favor. The tenth sign, 
you access spiritual mysteries. You access spiritual mysteries. I shared with you at the beginning that one of the keys to tapping into favor is knowledge. Revelation knowledge. God will give you unique revelation on certain things. And as you walk in that revelation, you will walk in favor. In John 15 verse 15, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. How many of you can say to me this morning, everything that Jesus learned from his father, he's given to me. Because he says that in the word. I'm feeling that we need unique revelation. If I pray for the sick and nothing happens, I want revelation. I want to know from Jesus' wisdom, what was the blockage here? And when I know what that blockage was, I can then heal the sick. Amen? Revelation is key. The 11th sign, what you carry becomes the dominant anointing and presence. The thing that you carry becomes the dominant anointing and presence. I've shared with you before, there was a particular person who was heading up a particular team and I was asked to do something for them. And this particular head of the team was an atheist. But what happened that I found interesting was before the particular session, I prayed and I said, Lord, may you be the dominant anointing in this place. And then now we were doing various exercises and this atheist began to say to the people, guys, one of the keys for this team is we must actually have a prayer meeting. You guys must be praying together. And I thought she was joking. And then she reinforced her point and she said, a family that prays together stays together. And she was being very serious. I prayed after I said, Lord, why was this atheist suggesting prayer as one of the solutions? And the Lord said, because my anointing was dominant. And everything that happened in that meeting had to yield to that. We see it happening in the life of Paul the Apostle. In Acts chapter 27, verse 21 to 26. Acts chapter 27, verse 21 to 26. After they had gone a long time without food. So he's on a ship and there's a shipwreck. Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and this loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God. He literally legislated the spiritual climate in that boat. He lit if you study that scripture, what happened in Malta, he literally took charge. The captain was listening to Paul the apostle. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. When the favor of God is upon you, you will legislate things over your organization. And your organization will prosper. Finally, the 12th sign, your enemies make a turnaround. Your enemies make a turnaround. I remember recently being in a situation where I went into an organization, I was doing some work for them, and the guy uh, who was heading it up, one of the executives, he basically said, he was, he was skeptical about me. And he was wondering, mm, this guy, what's going to happen? Is he just trying to sell us his stuff and so on? After... The next session and a one-on-one -on -one I had with him, he changed his tune. He started saying to the senior managers and execs who were reporting to him, if you guys 
Don't sign up for coaching sessions with Paul. I'll take up your session time because that's how much I value it. Someone who was skeptical made a turnaround. Some of you are in situations where your enemies are going to make peace with you. Proverbs 16 verse 7 says, When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, that's favor, right? When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes, who does it? God does. He causes their enemies to make peace with them. I want to encourage you, take these 12 signs, pray over them. Pastor Vim has already done the prayer strategy for this. Find it on our website. Guys, there's lots of powerful stuff on the website. Our calendar is up, by the way, our annual calendar. Go and check it out. It's been up for about a week. So you can see the major events that are taking place. The prayer strategies, they go up there, right? By tomorrow, you'll have access to it. Take hold of it and pray this over your life. Amen. Let's pray. You're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, you know what? To be honest with you, I, I know I'm not walking in favor with God and with man. I know I see the gaps in my life and the frustration. Maybe I once did, but something is lifted. It's not the same anymore. I want to walk in his favor, not just as a season. I want to walk in his favor lifelong. Just stand where you are. You're saying, I'm desperate. Maybe you're in a situation where your identity has been in other things. Your identity has been other things. Maybe your identity has been in your intellect. You thought, ah, because I'm brainy, then everything will work out. And you didn't realize you were actually short-circuiting the favor of God. Maybe you're the kind of person who's taken revenge on other people. And now you see the scripture tells us that when someone insults you, but you do good to them, you inherit a blessing. That's you stand up. Saying, I want to walk in forgiveness. I want to be gracious. So I also experience God's grace in my life. Just stand where you are. Maybe you're the kind of person who's been passive about favor. You've kind of thought, ah, if God wants to favor me, he'll favor me. Maybe you haven't understood that he's already granted you this favor. But you can actually now pray. And you can say, remember me, Lord. Remember me, Lord. Remember me, Lord, too, when you show favor to your people. Maybe you're in that space where you want to be like Stephen or Jesus or Samuel, where your words count. You want your words to stick. You want none of them to fall to the ground. And you're saying, God, I want to make decrees and I want to see these things come to pass. I want to walk in divine favor. Just stand where you are. Maybe you just need strength. And God spoke to you as I shared with you that scripture. Through favor, we gain strength. Maybe there are things that you're saying, God, I want you to bypass me. I want to know your favor as a shield around me. Maybe that's you. I want to pray for all of you as you're standing now. Father, I thank you so much for your people. And I pray, God, for an impartation and an activation of this revelation that you've already given us these great and precious promises. Father, may you help us to tap into them and to walk in them so that we unlock favor in our lives. I thank you, God, that you've made us partakers 
of the divine nature. I thank you, God, that you're helping us to renew our minds so that we see ourselves as favored ones. Right now, touch each person as they're responding to you right now. And I ask, Lord, and I make this decree that they will walk in divine favor. They will walk in favor with both God and with man. In Jesus' mighty name. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen. Come on, give the Lord Jesus a hand clap.